1: The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. You can save thousands off MSRP with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar. Learn more at NavyFederal.org.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. Thank you guys so much for always tuning in every single week, listening to it, watching it, and most importantly, we appreciate every single one of you guys who have subscribed. If you haven't already, you need to check us out on YouTube because we're dropping new videos every single week. We drop full episodes and short mini-clips as well to help you get that quick never-quit advice you need. We've got like 83,000-plus subscribers on YouTube. We want to get that up to 100,000, so if you want to be a part of that, please... Check us out, Team Never Quits, on YouTube. We're doing new stuff every single week. It's super fun. We've got a great guest in store for you guys today. Mandy Harvey is an award-winning singer, songwriter, and motivational speaker who lost her residual hearing at the age of 19. In addition to performing and speaking, Mandy has become an ambassador for No Barriers USA with a mission to encourage, inspire, and assist others to break through their personal barriers. Welcome to the show, Mandy.
0: It is so good to hear your voice. I mean, I, I never thought... I. <clears throat> Truth be told, I never thought I'd ever get a chance to talk to you. Why? Well, I don't know. The first time I ever saw you, was it was a while ago, um, and heard you. when I And I mean, I come from the toughest family on earth. <laughs> and you. there's some things that just kind of stop us in our tracks. You're one of them.
2: Oh, well, you know, I've been... Making men cry since 1988.
0: Oh, here we go. Now she's going to lay it on thick, huh? I just, bet. No, I have no just, doubt. That's just, a, You yeah. know what? When you speak truth, I, that's just kind of the way it is. <laughs> no. This is my wife, Melanie.
2: Hi. Hi. It's nice to meet you virtually. And you guys can hear me okay? Is yes. my audio all right?
0: Yes, ma'am. We can. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. <laughs> First time I ever heard that was a... I think it was a commercial with two sisters were talking and they didn't know that they were talking to each other but one of them said oh, that
2: yeah
3: remember that
0: it's yeah, just like wait only my sister yeah some kind of like insurance.
2: like awesome sauce she's like angela
0: you know only my sister says that, that is.
2: they're <laughs>
3: like, like oh, twins twin- or something yeah they're twins <clears throat> mhm marcus is a twin. yeah
2: that's super cool
0: it is hey where are you calling from
2: tampa well riverview technically but florida tampa bay area
0: oh uh, we were just there in, in tampa
2: well, it's beautiful right now.
0: It was beautiful when we were there. It was right at, um, we, we, I got to do a, uh, one of those powerboat races out in the bay. Oh, with nice. uh, It was. Yeah, we had a blast. It was the Nitro Circus crew and, and the Monster Energy guys, and it was for uh, it, it was fun. I love Tampa. I did my hospital rotations down there. Oh, okay. And um, a lot, some of my buddies worked at St. Pete. I worked at Bayfront Hospital. So I spent a lot of time down there throughout my entire life in in Florida Tampa and mostly Pensacola but we definitely do a lot of our training down there in Tampa it's a beautiful place I love it
2: Yeah I've got my my cousin Jordan just started working um in Peds or the, the like the ICU uh uh-huh. as a as a nurse there and um I think St Jude down in St Pete
0: First of all, congratulations on being Super Bowl champions.
2: <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> you all snatched Tom Brady up and uh you know you got the goat down there and
2: I know the goat. Uh I don't know. I think it's it's one of those things though. It's it's really nice to see an actual like team come together because even if you have somebody like Tom Brady if the whole team isn't working together, then it really doesn't matter.
0: Right. absolute. And if you have somebody like Tom, when he rolls in, that's how you can tell that he, he, whatever environment he rolls into, he kind of meshes into that. I would imagine in his head, I've met him a few times. And over time and everything he's accomplished, you'd think that that, that this would have, if it wasn't the case, it would have already come out. But like, I I truly think he he just cares about the team and he goes in there and, and makes everyone feel just as important as he does.
2: Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's a it's, it's a kind really way to get you know people to actually want to be on board, and you know you can't really have a team if you're trying to tell everybody they're not good
0: enough, right? <laughs> That's how you get good as a team. You work together. Mm-hmm. Your voice is one thing, absolutely. When you when you started telling how how you sing and how you play, when you come from <laughs> something. Like, I was never special either. It was hard growing up. So when you recognize somebody who has to go through adversity and how, how well they adapt to it, to where it's not an adversity, it's just the way this one is. Because we're all mm-hmm. unique, right? Yeah. I always, When someone told me I had a disability, I was like, well, it was a distinct ability. I just had to learn how to train it. Mm-hmm. And then as, as you're going, going through life, the, your willingness to keep stepping into that was just mind-blowing. So, I, I mean, I literally can't wait to hear the, the tale.
2: Hear your yeah. story. Yeah. Absolutely. Are we already allowed yeah. to talk about you're, you're it? We're
0: going. This is how it is. It's just like this. Right. It's, I mean, we're I just chilling. I didn't know if but I no, we're, yeah, it, we're, This but... is how it is. is. We're just hanging out, uh, asking questions, getting to know each other.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's a very interesting way of wording it, I guess, you know, because you have this mindset of people who have abilities versus disabilities. And I really do feel like that's just a lack of education because every single person has different barriers that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And the way that you go about your life and overcome your obstacles are going to be vastly different from mine. And I think that it gives us a beautiful opportunity to learn from each other because your viewpoint and your perspective is going to be so tailored um, towards you, but it'll give me maybe thoughts and ideas that I would not have created on my own. And so people come up to me all the time. They're just like, I'm just mind blown that you've you know, kind of overcome your deafness. And I, I have to kind of remind them, I'm just like, I didn't overcome anything i I am deaf that's that's part of me. I just in in a roundabout way just continued doing music differently. It just took me a little bit of time to figure it out. Do you help
3: other um people with deafness or any other disabilities on how to learn like can you can you teach others, and have you how done to feel that music? Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, I think anybody can feel music. Everybody feels music first. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a vibration that hits you and then it transmits information into your brain and you're like, oh, that's what C is. Um, But being able to harness, I guess, the entirety of what I'm doing is tailored to me. And so I've taught classes and I've done calls and kind of shown people, the steps of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis using visual tuners and feeling the vibrations as I'm creating the sounds, as I'm watching the sounds and then kind of marking them off on my throat to almost like be able to play my throat like an instrument. But that again, you know, that, that's my, that's my system works for me. If you don't know anything about music theory, I think that would be a very challenging task to ask of of you um but the mother of all invention is being innovative
0: so I, i'm sorry i'm fascinated with this whole thing i i because mm-hmm. when i growing up you hear about beethoven when he went deaf and then he would lean his head on the piano and play the tunes because oh. everything is a vibration our voices yeah. There are, there are birds down here that have more vocal tones than we can even imagine. So all a uh, spoken word is is inflections in a, in a bark that we understand. Yeah. Correct? You, Correct. You, he, when, when people are like, oh, you're, you're deaf. First of all, on this, from what we're I mean, I would have never guessed that. Mm-hmm. And I know <laughs> it. I mean, you, you, you articulate the, the tone, the way you. Thank you. And nor- you're welcome. I mean, I, I, I work
2: I, very hard at that. Okay, I
0: I can I, I get that. I I can understand that. I know what it's like. I and I I work real hard. I never get good at anything. But when when you feel called to do something, it's it's funny. It's not a. It's like when you say you're deaf. Like no, any your other senses were heightened when they pulled one down because if I'm not mistaken, you you lost your hearing at 18, right?
2: Yeah, I I mean I was 18 when I lost my hearing, but I've been. Uh, struggling with my hearing since I was born, you know, so I've been lip reading since I was an infant. Um, That was always just kind of part of my life, but I was always hard of hearing with chunks of time where my eardrums would stop vibrating or ear infections or surgeries or what have you. So my, my entire upbringing was geared towards kind of developing techniques to blend in. You know, I think when you're in, middle school and high school specifically, you do anything that you can do to just be a part of the flow instead of being the one odd duck. And I was always kind of stuck in a position of being constantly reminded that I was the weird one or I was the broken one of the class. And so I worked especially hard to just hide become invisible in the sea of everybody else and in addition to that you know i think a beautiful testament to my work ethic you know i i work very hard i work very hard to sound this clear you know talking is a very laborious task You have to actively think of how you're pronouncing each and every syllable. You have to pay attention to the tongue placement against your teeth. You have to pay attention to how much you're lifting the palate and pushing air forward. It's a lot of work. And people say all the time, it's like, oh, you sound just like a normal person. I was like, well, what does that even mean? But, (laughs) you know, I I guess I thank you. You know, I mean, I, I work really, really hard your benefit because it certainly doesn't change my day how how muddy i sound
0: so does that over time the the way that you learned how to inflect your voice and mm-hmm. um because that had to change obviously right one tone had to outfeed and to keep those equal so when they are pulling your sound from you and it's kind of like working the controls on the the soundboard yeah. right one goes down while one goes up so you had to balance those together is that why you can hit those notes that that very few people can and what i mean <laughs> by that is uh, i've been waiting a long time to pay you this compliment
2: Aww.
0: when uh when we were watching started playing it was like you would I, I was so enthralled with just your story i hadn't even heard you yeah. sing but then you started playing and then i don't i remember when uh, when they shifted over to the judges and what was the what was the lady's name that pretty lady um when her jaw hit like the ground like that mine, mine did too <laughs> And every time I hear, and normally when you listen to a song over and over again, because it made you happy, yeah, it it, you know you kind of get used to it. But then there are certain notes that you can hit that I I guess I don't ever hear them normally Mm. because it's it makes this tingle in my like I I can I'm like (laughs) stops me dead in my tracks. So where I'll listen. And I don't know if anybody's told you that, but I wanted to compliment you on that because there's some there's some times when you're singing and there's these notes that you hit that just I didn't care what was going on. I would stop and listen.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I I actually I, if you're talking about or um, referencing maybe try there's 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 funny things of how I wrote that song and it's based off of how it felt. I I write a lot of music based how it feels instead of what I think it sounds like. So like sometimes. I'll write specific notes that like tickle behind my eye or like bother my face so that I know that I'm right. You know, I put in kind of these like tricks and, and, uh, little messages to myself to remind myself that I I have the right notes, but there's an incredible freedom with not being able to hear yourself sing while you're singing, because you lose the ability to be afraid. You lose the ability to judge yourself completely. So it's like, what's the worst that can happen at this point? Uh, You know, my biggest fear growing up was losing my hearing and it happened. So what can you take from me at this point? I I sing the wrong note. Who cares? I'm here. I'm working hard. And all I can say and all I have control over is my work ethic and how much energy and time I've put into preparation. Because once I stand on that stage, I'm feeling the floor. And I'm just opening my mouth and letting go. And then however it comes out, it comes out. I know that I've put in the work and I've tried my hardest and my heart is in the right place. The rest of it is arbitrary.
3: Well, speaking of your story, we watched, you know, the America's Got Talent and we only heard like one sentence of your story. We would love to hear (laughs) you tell your full story if you're okay with
2: that. Yeah, I fell in love with music when I was four. I was um, always a hard of hearing kid. And my mom put me in a choir class um, at church, I think, I think to buy time. Uh, I think she was busy. And she just kind of like stuck me in this room um, for free daycare for a moment. And everybody in the room was older than me. But they handed me the sheet music anyway, so that I could quasi follow along because I don't think they knew what else to do with me and it was the first time that I actually could see the words that they were going to sing as they were singing them and I felt like I was a part of the conversation for the first time you know being hard of hearing the most precious gift that you can have is communication. And unfortunately, in a world full of people who are not thoughtful of it, it's the one thing that I struggle with on a day-to-day basis. And so being in a room full of people who I actually knew what they were talking about, um, it really just lit me up and made me just excited. I've always kind of connected with music, but that was the first time that I felt overwhelmed by it. And I understood the power of not just the music, but truly community. That was what I was chasing when I went to school for music education. It wasn't to become a performer. I wanted to become a music educator. I wanted to give people the ability to have that feeling where they were a part of something. They were a part of a team. They were a part of making something beautiful and allowing them to be a part of the conversation. And so my aspirations to become a music teacher was everything. And then I went to school for vocal music education. During my senior year, I started having a lot of surgeries. And during my freshman year of college, I continued having a lot of surgeries because I was born with EDS. It's a connective tissue disorder, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and. So I, I have very poor ligaments and nerves and really any of that stuff. It just I break and fall apart and I fell apart. And my body had adverse reactions to the medications for surgeries and my body kind of fought itself and lost, I guess. And for the life of me, I can't seem to explain... How joyful I am now versus how broken I was before. You know, I I think that we find ourselves fascinated by this idea that I lost everything and how sad it must be that I sing the way that I sing, but I can't enjoy the music that I make. But in reality, I'm living my life. And this is a moment that happened. And this is part of my story, part of who I am. And I have found more love, more compassion, more of an identity and more acceptance of myself having gone through all this hardship than I ever would have if I had not. So I'm thrilled to be able to work hard and wake up in the morning. I'm thrilled to be who I am.
1: This episode of the podcast brought to you guys by Mountain Tough. There is nothing worse than going to the gym and having no idea what you're going to do when you get there. You end up wandering around the gym, looking at your phone, doing a little bit of leg curls, maybe do some curls with the bicep, with the free weights. I don't know. You don't know what you're doing. You're just literally wandering around. There's nothing worse than that. But with Mountain Tough, they've created the most functional fitness programs ever designed and all delivered straight to your phone, which means anywhere you're at, you can do these workouts. It was actually created by veteran Navy SEALs and Army Rangers, which means you know you're gonna get some workouts that are extremely functional, extremely good for what you're trying to accomplish. They make it convenient to go to the gym, do the workout that's prescribed, and get in the best shape physically and mentally of your life. Now you guys know here at Team Never Quit, we focus a lot on mental toughness. And my favorite part of Mountain Tough is that is their primary focus. Everything that they do is grounded in one purpose, and that's life transformation. It's going to help you increase mental toughness, build muscle, improve endurance, anytime, anywhere, like I said, right from your device. Nothing worthy is ever accomplished alone. And having a community of over 10,000 like-minded athletes, they're going to hold you accountable. You know you're going to hit your goals. And there's programs for everyone. So whether you're someone who's never been to the gym before, uh, someone who always hits the gym and loves hitting the heavy weights, or if you don't like have any gear at all and you want to just get started, they've got everything. They've got guidance for beginners, intermediate, and elite athletes. Sometimes though, It takes a little bit of encouragement to get you started. So right now, I'm going to give you a little push. I'm going to tell you, hey, today is the day to get started on transforming your life, building that mental toughness, and having that life transformation. I actually started a new health program myself this week, and it started because someone said, hey, you should do this thing. Mountain Tough is hooking you guys up with 20% off all of their online training programs and apparel. All you guys have to use is our code TNQ. Again, that is 20% off their entire site with the code TNQ at mtntuff.com. That's mtn toughcom Make sure you check them out. Use our code TNQ, get your 20% off, and get started on that life transformation.
0: Is that a routine? I mean, you most of us, when you, when you hear people who have to, to get up and do the grind every day, it's a, it's a routine. It's, and that, in our life, it's our life. Like I, I get up my joy. And yeah. I enjoy, it's in, if I'm doing something in my routine, that means I enjoy it. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, some of it's routine, some of it's need, like it, I, you know, having EDS, it's changed things, you know, it's, it was, it can be very frustrating from time to time you wake up, you never know what, uh, Body parts going to fall, and um, how you're going to break that day, or what the struggles are going to look like. But there are certain changes that have been made out of necessity that have changed my headspace. You know, if I don't work out and I don't physically push myself on a daily basis, I lose complete circulation in my body and I deteriorate. And as far as dying young seems to, to be, uh, something I would love to avoid. Um, it is a, it is a necessity for my life to, to do this for survival. So, you know, if I look at it this way, if I don't work out my muscles vocally, I I'll lose it. And if I lose it, I don't know if I'll get it back. So, It's a necessity for me, just as much as it is a joy. But my motivation is different than a lot of people who just get up in the morning and sing because they want to. I sing because I need to. And if I stop singing, I'm afraid that I won't be able to find it again.
0: I I completely understand that. Now I want you to look at it like this. You ready? (laughs) Yep, bring it on. The minute you roll in here, Mm. on your back, we're all butt naked crying, can't even defend ourselves. You come in here to die. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to live while we're dying. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Yeah, and We don't have any idea when we're checking out. You get one day down here, one. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow, we don't know if we're going to see it. So right. as you push through it, I was trying to explain to myself why it is some of us have to go through things and others don't. And it, it's, um, as we go through life, we're, we're a blobber and mess in the beginning. But then life is designed to sharpen us into a blade. In my world, that's the way I have to look at it. And each person in our life is a stone. They're gonna sharpen you, dull you, or polish you out. And when you see the blade on the mill, and it, there's sparks flying, and I mean, there's it, it making all kinds of crazy noise, the blade's probably thinking, man, what are you doing to me? <laughs> but in reality, you're just getting sharpened. Yeah. And every time we have to go through something and you think that you're getting broken, you're actually getting broken through. One right. shell has to lead to the other. And a pre- a progression of one thing to the other to make sure that you don't skip a step in sharpening the blade. Right. I'll give you this one too. As you lost your hearing and you and, and you be, you think that you can't understand. I mean, we to understand what it's like to not be able to hear everything around you. You finally heard your voice, and you said right. that tingle behind your eyes. If you know that that's mm-hmm. what what how it's supposed to be, right? That that's kind of where I feel it when you hit some of those notes. <laughs> Yeah, And if you ever wondered what it was like in the audience, when you open your mouth, it's probably the same deafness that you have in your head.
2: Yeah.
0: And all we can hear are those tones coming out of your mouth. No one speaks <laughs> when you start singing. That's what I noticed. I know that because I shut up. And I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that very much, especially in my house. So if I, that In itself, when you, as, you, as you lose one thing, and you can always look at it like that, or it was ours never to begin with. Yeah. Every little hard detail about your life was designed to break something open. That's the only way we get tough.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree. I'd, I'd like to, to challenge your thought for just a second if it's okay.
0: Give it to me. Come on. All
2: right. The, the phrase why some people struggle and some people don't. Everybody struggles. Just looks different. I think some people are broken on an obvious scale. And some people have mass brokenness in an invisible situation. Every single person understands pain. Every single person understands disappointment and failure. Not every single person gets the opportunity to understand joy or feel love. So I feel like while we do have this beautiful gift that we have right in this moment, we don't know what's gonna happen the rest of the day. We don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. We also have a firm responsibility to be compassionate to people because we have no idea what's going on in their life. And I don't think that we all need to understand everything. I think I think that your journey that's making you tougher, making you stronger, making you a better person Only is true if you allow that to be the case. With every struggle that you have, you have two choices. You can allow one to let it beat you, or you can learn from it, get up off the floor, try again, and and grow in the process.
0: Absolutely, 100% agree with that. Mm. And as we go through these cycles of life, the one when they're like, hey, man, I had a setback, or you just had a set up. (laughs) Yeah. And as we go through it, if you hit the good, the bad side, and don't look at it as bad, look at it as like hard. Every emotion that you're born with has to be trained throughout life. If you want to experience joy, you're going to have to experience the other side of that. To experience pure joy and overwhelming joy, you'd have to go through some hard times. You can't base that off anybody else's life. That's why each life sharpens its own. One has to feed the other. So the minute you look at one thing as a bad thing, as it's hammering me down, like, no, I'm just back on the mill so I can appreciate what I got coming on the other side. And every time we step into something new, you know, it's new and it's a blessing because it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) If it was easy, if the plan was already like when we read the plan and every little detail was on there that we wouldn't even do it because it was already be written out. What what fun is that?
2: But sometimes the difference is time, you know, like I I guarantee you if you had talked to Mandy back in March of 2007, after being dropped from the music program, after being completely devastated and then entering into another surgery, figuring out how to walk again in the midst of all of this other crap that was going on. The one thing that I would have been upset with is if you said, don't worry, you're growing through this, you know, like in that, in that moment, (laughs) in that moment, I needed to be a person in mourning. I needed to be able to be sad. I needed to be able to process on my own time so that I had the ability to realize that I was at the bottom of a well, needing to claw my way out of it. I didn't even know that I had landed yet. I, you know, cause every time I thought I hit the bottom, you know, I start trying to work up towards, and then guess what? found out that I was actually towards the top already. And I had a whole other football field to fall back down onto, you know, it just kept getting worse, but there is a, there's a beautiful, a beautiful thought in it of knowing that There's a lot of people sitting at the bottom of that well, and we're definitely not alone. We're not alone in anything that we do. And we have the ability to cheer each other on. We have the ability to remind each other, even if it's just by being there silent, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's what that person needs to help them get to a point where they know that they're being milled or making become stronger or or. I don't know, forged, what's, I don't, I don't, I don't know all, all of the all your those. knife terminology, all but no, you know that, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. some, some, that's an active, an active participation that, that has to be there. You know, you can't just have somebody just tell you, Oh, life's going to get better kid. Cause people told me that till they were blue in the face, but all I wanted to do was punch them in the throat. So, right. um, I needed time.
3: Is your family super supportive? Who's your support system?
2: Oh yeah. I, I'm beyond, beyond blessed that I have people in my life who have cheered me on and lented me hope when I gave up on myself and, and ran, ran out, you know, I think, um, on the grand scheme of life, I have far more support than most people do. And it's one of the reasons why I talk about what I talk about. And I, I am the person that I am because I, I want people to, realized that I want to give back. I want to give back the encouragement that was given to me that helped me pull through the change that was happening in my life and the change that will happen again in the future. I'm sure there's many more walls that I'm going to smack into between now and the (laughs) the end of my life. And thankful that I have people holding my hand every step along the way.
1: Was there a memorable experience that kind of pushed you to that next stage?
2: <laughs> it's a series of memorable experiences. <laughs> you know, I'm a very stubborn person and it's hard for me. See, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's really hard for me to learn, um, but I seem to need to get like smacked in the face more than once before I really start figuring things out. But um it's a series of things. I really don't believe that there was one Eureka moment that made me feel not depressed anymore. It was a collection of moments, a collection of people being there, even when I told them I didn't want them to be, they were still there. People who encouraged and loved me even when I was nothing but hateful. You know, I had moments where People pushed me to do things that were far outside of my comfort zone that led to a completely different career path. My dad encouraged me to pick up a guitar again and play guitar with him, not because he thought that it would get me back into music, but because he missed playing guitar with his daughter. You know, that was a moment that changed my headspace to say that music can be done differently, you know, feeling the music through my fingertips as we were playing guitar together, as I was pissed off that I was there in the first place and had no reason to be stuck in this horrible situation other than the fact that I love my dad and I respect him. So I said, yes. And, you know, that led to me figuring, figuring some stuff out and then singing in front of a vocal coach who was a friend of mine that led to me to singing at a jazz club, When I was a kid, I used to be the most awkward, afraid of people, socially disconnected person that I knew. You know, I would vomit on people if I had to talk to them in person, you know, like I I passed out. I, I would damn near wet myself, you know, having to sing in front of others. And she's asking me to sing at a jazz club. You know, I sang at a jazz club on a random Thursday and there were like three people there eating dinner, not paying any attention. And it was the most traumatizing, scary moment of my life, but it was also the most significant performance I ever gave. And I sang one song and almost died during it. And then people asked me to come back. And then I was pushed to make an album. And then I was pushed to tour. And then I was pushed to do all these things that I, they were never my idea. I just wanted to be there for people and kept saying yes.
1: This episode of the show is brought to you guys by Kalo. Here's the deal. Many of you guys probably don't know this about me, but I was actually a volunteer firefighter, uh, EMT for, I don't know, six six or seven years, maybe longer, since I was about 15. Uh, I just stopped a few years ago because business was just too busy. But the reason I bring all that up is to talk about what Kalo has created. They are the makers of the original silicone ring. They have mastered the comfort, the functionality, and style of a ring that is good for everyday activities. And the reason why I've been a huge fan of Kalo for a long time now is that I used to wear a ring pretty regularly. It was a cross ring that I had gotten as a gift. And uh, I stopped wearing it because I was afraid it was gonna get damaged. Whenever I was working at the fire department, I was afraid that if I were to get into a situation where uh, I were to get trapped or something, that could actually damage the ring. It could hurt my finger, whatever the case may be. That's why I became a fan of silicone rings. And Kalo has created a product that is super safe. It is an active lifestyle company that stands for Quality athletics love and outdoors and all of their rings are actually designed to keep you safe from ring avulsion by actually breaking after exceeding a certain amount of pressure so it's perfect for firefighters police service members military mechanics athletes outdoor enthusiasts whoever you are there's probably a ring for you. The cool thing about their stuff too is that it is customizable. You can actually put a meaningful phrase or date on it. There's plenty of styles to choose from. They've actually got an entire heroes line that gives back to the community, the first responders community, nurses, police, the fire department, a lot of those really cool rings. But really you can pick something up that you're gonna love and you can customize it. They've even actually got some really cool silicone dog tags. If you're tired of hearing, you know, the dog running around the house jingling everywhere. You could even check those out. Head on over to Kalo.com slash TNQ. You're going to get 20% off your purchase today. That's Q-A-L-O.com slash TNQ. Get your 20% off discount. It's going to automatically be applied at checkout. One more time, guys. Kalo.com slash TNQ. Q-A-L-O.com slash TNQ.
0: What, what, what does that say about you? I mean, I when I when when I can't even imagine how tough it would be growing up to as you're losing your hearing because I remember every time I would get my ass whipped, my father would be like, "What? You don't hear so well?" <laughs> and and the reason they say that is because the tones, like a mm-hmm. lot of times when you're trying to deal with somebody, if you can't, I can only imagine how you had to learn to read the body types. So I I was trained to read body language. I'm reconnaissance. So I can only imagine how you how well you do it, right? Because to to pick up the tones now, that's probably a little hidden gift you got that is very, very sharp now. So much so that's been sharp. Sure. Absolutely.
2: Being hard of hearing, that's something that I cultivated my entire life. Same with lip reading. You know, that that's been something I used to get in trouble with since I was Young. I used to like charge people 25 cents so I could tell them what they were getting for Christmas while I left, you know, was lip reading from across the room and listening quote unquote into their parents' conversations. That's you know? awesome like, training.
0: That's the that's a little hidden secrets when people ask like, How did you do this? You're like, hard work and this and you're like, all right, no, I used to sit back and give this quarter out and then they would talk and I would st- I mean that's how <laughs> we are we're trained. That's how they break yeah. it down. They bring experts in and like, hey man, if I if I was somewhere I I used to think that when they say the the grave with no sound, when I would stick, yeah. stick me underwater, I would, when they would pull me underwater, it'd pull all my hearing away from me. All I could hear is vibrations and tones. Mm-hmm. And, and we were under there so long that the my, my partner, my swim buddy, I could literally understand what he was doing just by the way he grunted at me.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? So is as, yeah. as when you're growing up. You, you adapt. Know. Yeah, you adapt. Yeah, absolutely. One thing picks up for the other. So when... I couldn't even imagine how hard that is. And each one of those tests, he was like, I, I couldn't even believe I was going to do this, and I, I was going to do that. But after a while, it you seem like they're always hard steps, but you're the only one hard enough to be in there. <laughs> and, and if it wasn't that way, there'd be somebody else doing what you're doing. There has to be a, a, an apex, like a, a, a pinnacle that somebody kind of looks to, like, hey, if you got this one, check it out. I don't care what you think, look at this.
2: Oh yeah. Well, and I know people who are so much better than me. It makes me look like a child, you know, like it's, it's all, it's all on a relative scale, you know, of what you're trying to accomplish. All I know is that I work extremely hard and I work harder than a lot of people do probably at the things that I work on. And so that's the only thing I really can control is how, how, how hard I work.
3: After your surgery, is it because Mm -hmm. of your equilibrium that you have to learn how to walk
2: again? No, I had surgeries on my knees. So I I had uh, dislocated my leg at the knee when I was a senior in high school. And so I've had a full dislocation. So ACL, PCL, MCL, and LCL, (laughs) replacements, the meniscus. The only thing that's actually mine is my kneecap. and. Um, I kept having problems with dislocating and ripping through the ligaments, so I kept having to do surgeries again. And so, you know, when you've done that big of a damage, you know, and you're in a wheelchair and then you don't use your leg for such a long time, all of the muscles atrophy, and then you have to learn how to walk with the assistance of a walker. And then you go from using a walker to freestanding and free walking on your own, which is the scariest thing you, I mean, the scary, I don't, it's weird because when you're a kid, when you're like a baby and you're taking your first steps, you're like, you fall over. You don't You're not even afraid. Like as an adult, you know, that you're going to hurt yourself, you know? So you're like, you're aware how scary it is. Um, but you know, just having to do it again and again, and again, all of the physical therapy and all of the work, and being stuck back in a wheelchair, then another surgery, then a walker, then walking, then back in a wheelchair, then a walker, then walking, then back in a wheelchair. It was, it was uh, draining to say the least, but, you know, it was, a, it was a part of the time. And it gave me a lot of humility, you know, I, uh, and a lot of um, love for my mom, you know, boy. She really dealt with a lot, you know. It's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to have parents who actually are supportive and caring and I I'm very aware that that is not normal for a lot of people.
1: How do you handle that ongoing defeat feeling? Because I feel like that's in the world <laughs> of our audience and, you know, the the team never quit, you know, community. Yeah. They experience that maybe once or twice in their life where it feels like they're just feeling defeated and that's an experience that you might have to pursue on a daily basis.
2: Yeah. You know, I, um, at some point I I was very numb and that's a very dangerous game to be in, you know, when you just shut it off because, uh, you're trying to protect yourself, but in the end you're actually doing far more damage. So I got to a point where I was so manic and so lethargic that I had trouble getting out of my bed to pee. And I remember days when I, I I knew what the steps were. I knew how many steps it would take for me to actually go to take a shower. And how overwhelming and long and too far that was. It was just too far. And then making little victories. I made point to find one thing about myself on a daily basis that I liked. Or that I didn't hate even. And sometimes it was something so arbitrary as like one piece of hair. This curl on my hair I, I like today. And then the next day having to pick something else. And you soon you run out of freckles and you run out of stupid things. And then you actually start thinking about yourself and having to pick actual attributes of who you are. But I was encouraged out of it. I think the biggest difference between having to pick yourself back up after you've fallen apart, the difference is, is that I had people to lend me hope. And every time I've fallen apart, just like you were talking about, about getting stronger and being kind of pushed, you've learned something. Every time you get back up off the floor, you know that you've done it once. So it makes it easier to get up again. You're like, all right, I'm broken. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to mourn the loss of who I was and express myself in this moment and be upset and say that that's a valid feeling because everybody keeps telling you, you know, just smile through it. That's not reality. Sometimes you need to cry and you need to be upset at the struggle that you're in so that you can really move on without resentment. I got up once. I'll get up again. Let's go.
0: So you do that so many times throughout life. Yeah, at this point,
2: I actually you know excited about? about it. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to learn so much stuff today. I know, that's, that's my
0: point. I was like, I would get the back surgeries. When you were talking about the wheelchair and the bed and the down, there's a lot of in between and all that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like that, the, that's the a lot open, of bedpans bed. when you're sitting there, someone else is having to take <laughs> care of you with us. Like what was my buddies, we would kidnap each other out of the hospital and which always wasn't a good idea, but we'd have so much fun with this is the, this is how we, we kind of come at it as well. I mean, whoever's going through it is miserable. They just are. I remember, I mean, it's just miserable, but when the people around you are having fun with you in your misery, I know this sounds weird, but then you see the comedy in it and it's like, cause you know, you're getting better. Uh, you never get battle weakened. You just get battle hardened. If we, hmm. we've been knocked down, the bones out of us laying there, w- world taken from you. Yeah. That, you know, it's a real thing, right? Some of it's us, different, it's but the hell. journey
2: is different for everybody, everybody. And some people just don't bounce back up. You know, some people, it's either that they don't have the support system, they don't have the encouragement around them, or they don't make the conscious decision to try. And that's why it's so incredibly important for those of us who have gotten back up to be able to be a force to remind people that getting up is an option and to show them that every time we get back up, we are stronger and it's going to take time and it's hard and it's messy and it sucks. But at the same time, it's amazing and beautiful. All right. I would not <laughs> take back losing my hearing. I would not take back all of the surgeries or all of the pain or all of the frustration or having my mom have to bathe me or having to pee in a bucket. Like I would not take back any of these horrible things. That's what it felt like, horrible things that have happened to me because they have changed me so much for the better.
0: It's like sometimes you forget we, we work so hard trying to take care of everybody else that we hurt ourselves and we damage ourselves and you're laying there busted mm-hmm. up. And the, that's kind of the point to where I had to look at it like detention on purpose, so I they could take care of me for a second, to remind me how wonderful it was to have it, to have those mm. those kind of a, a, around me, and then those are the ones you get the most mad, upset. It's funny, right? When you're healing and you're busted up, those that are around you, trying to help you get better, those are the ones you yell at the most. I think it's a <laughs> yeah. special kind of kind of treat, a special <laughs> gift you have to have to deal with people. Some of us when we're going through that, it absolutely is, and. Uh, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Like, they're the ones you come down on hardest. I mean, that'll let you know how strong they are, right? And that, as that one thing sharpens and tempers the other, as we go through it, you realize like uh, something will come up and be like, oh, it's just one more thing. No, it's just the way it is. This this is like, well, this is our path. We have to carry it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want somebody else to because I don't think they train as hard as I did. You know, you get to where you're working. We, we go through so much stuff. And you're like, hey, I, I, I actually love my burden because uh, I learned how to get good at it. Mm. I learned how to carry it, so it's not a burden anymore, man. I put that sucker on, <laughs> right? I not only put it on, I wear it and, and, and let everyone else see it. Just think, if you could hear your voice, we probably couldn't.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And what and, a great gift and I that think is. That
2: at some point, it doesn't really matter. I think it's it's. I think more people are encouraged by the fact that you got back up off the floor than than they really ever are about the accomplishments of what you've done afterwards, because the getting up and starting over is the hardest part. And being a person to be a living example that failure is real and that you have the ability to move past it is the biggest encouragement that you can be.
0: So is that why we all have to go through something? So somebody also have something to look at? Because no, I don't
2: well, think that it's necessarily that you have to go through something. I think that's part of the human experience. This is, a, this is a messy, broken world full of messy, broken people. And that's just life. My point, exactly. It's going to be hard. I don't think that it's necessarily like, you know what? Mandy really needs to suffer today. Here, bam. I think it's more, this is a broken world. And we are doing our best to navigate through it. And in that, we need to find grace through, through how we live through our lives.
1: We are supported by Proton. A lot of you guys out there are entrepreneurs, independent professionals, business owners, just like me. And last year was incredibly hard as a business owner just because of all the shutdowns and just everything that came with last year. It was a big challenge. And we wanna help you make 2021 your biggest year ever. That's why we partnered together with Proton, Business in a Box, and we're announcing an incredible free offer. But before I get to that, I gotta tell you a little bit about Proton. Proton is the smartest fastest and easiest business solution I've ever found for growing and managing your business. It'll help you increase sales. It's gonna help you convert leads. It's gonna help you schedule your appointments with an incredible calendar. It's gonna help you manage your payments so you don't have to track payments down anymore. But my favorite Proton feature is probably their video component. It will help you create attention-grabbing, customer-engaging videos for your business, even do dynamic presentations, whether it's showing off your portfolio or having a consultation. They're gonna help you do that, even make those social marketing videos. You can do all of that with Proton. They're gonna help you strategically release those videos to help elevate you above your competitors in the search results, and that's what we're all trying to do, stand out, amongst the rest. Proton has got an incredible offer for you guys because they know last year sucked. They want your business to be successful. And that's why the first 100 qualified businesses are going to get Proton for free. Plus, they're going to hook you guys up with $1,000 worth of Proton marketing services. How often do you hear about somebody giving you free marketing services? It doesn't happen. So you're going to want to check this out. Visit Proton.com slash TNQ. That's Proton. P R O T O N N. Dot com slash tnq one more time guys proton.com slash tnq p-r-o-t-o-n-n dot com slash tnq get qualified get proton for free get those thousand dollars worth of marketing services and get a tool that's going to help you grow your business
0: that's a great way to say that we came into this broken world and we're having to put it back together and as we yeah. we put it back together we get broken we get beat up yeah. and that way we put ourselves back together and that's
2: all part of it
0: yeah has to be right you get to the yeah. point where we kind of experience a lot of things over and over again like you'll, you'll run yeah. into people you're, you're part of this team team never quit that's why we name it that I mean <laughs> some of us down here just always getting into it yeah. I mean, what, what is that? It's like we, we, we get good at something. You could be comfortable with there. Then the next thing we go into, we think is just as hard as the last thing. And we wouldn't want to do it again. But yeah, we would. We're going to. Right. We'll just we'll keep going at it. And that just kind of it does. It shows everybody else in any capacity if they're going through something that so, so all of us have to. Right. Just to just yeah. to make a move. We all come in. You get knocked down. Man, you came in on your back. You couldn't even yeah. stand up. Uh, and i had buddies with the, their legs they were laid up so long and they had atrophied, and it's it, they told me that it was like it's like com- being born again but you got your old mind and you got to you got to get your body catching back up you got to light that stuff the, the muscles back up and they just got to, it takes a little bit of time and then you get back up on step takes a
2: little bit of a lot of time man. right I, I tell you what <laughs> right? well, for all those surgeries i had my leg was atrophied for so many years. Like I can't, I don't even want to tell you how many years that took just to have a semblance of not a concaved leg. That was just the, I remember the first day I had like a baby bump of actually just not it, dipping the wrong direction. And I was just like, oh, it's happening, guys. It's happening. Um, no, but I, I I think it is it is an amazing thing to note that, Because of our differences, we really just don't know where people are because, you know, it's just like, you might have a physical pain and then we're just shocked and shaken that these people who have millions and millions of dollars who live in these beautiful houses and they have these beautiful jobs and they have all of these beautiful kids. And then they're completely devastated on the inside. And then they, they kill themselves because they're completely empty. You know, like, and we're just shocked by like, why? He had everything. What is everything? We woke up this morning. That is a gift. We have everything.
0: They probably had everything that everybody else wanted them to have. That's why they weren't happy.
2: But nothing they needed.
0: Yeah, nothing they needed. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's how that works. You can get caught into that or you can realize that you live your life for yourself and everyone's happy with it. And that—that's yeah. the blessing when they look at that. Like, man, I, I don't. Not only do I don't have that, that's a gift. <laughs> and, and trust me, yeah. there are some things I tell you this all the time. And people are like, hey, you have—you've been get granted a great gift. I'm like, you can give a gift back, right? I was like, this. Is... <laughs> I was like, I don't know if i look at I'm it like re-gift, yeah, man. I'm gonna Yeah, I'm gonna Can I regift this? Because... White elephant. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when you're kind of sitting there thinking about it like that, like, well, more of a gift, and the or it's my task. It's my. That's what I had to deal with. It's my. My way to carry down here to contribute, and in the beginning, man, you just think you're so weak. But the strongest things down here in the beginning get put in the hardest situations to grow them, like the kind of mustard seed deal. It, it grows. It starts from nothing, but the more pressure you put on it, the bigger it grows. And mm. it's, that's the same way with 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 kids. I mean, million of kids, that we raising them things up. They're tough. Them things. <laughs> them things. Them suckers, man.
2: <laughs> Kids will suck the life right God out of you. suck
0: the life right out of you, man.
2: <laughs> I'm one of four, so, you know, I think we did a good job. Well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they did. Your parents did a great job.
2: No, I mean, I was sucking the life out of them. You know, there's four of us. It's always difficult. Sure. Yeah, one for each hand. That's what they that's said. It. But, you know, when there's only one parent, then we outnumber you, buddy. Let's go. Yeah. Does everyone in your family sing? No. Um, My older sister, Katie, is a graphic designer and just a brilliant artist. And uh, my younger sister, Sam, is an educator. She's got her degree for special education. And then my younger brother, Josh works in I think security something or other. I don't know. He does (laughs) does something and I'm really horrible keeping up with him as far as his like work stuff, but he plays guitar and and does sing a bit, but nothing. I'm the only one in the family who does anything quasi professional or consistent.
3: What about your parents?
2: My mom um, uh, was a teacher. So she worked As a middle school teacher, she did science and then later computer and math. And now she works for a um, rheumatologist office in Colorado doing billing and coding. And my dad uh, worked for a church for a long time. And he wrote curriculum and um, then he became a college professor. And so a lot of education for both of them a lot of education which is which is amazing if i can take like 2 seconds just to take all the time you want to to glorify my my dad for a second you know if we're talking about um, changing your future and and becoming a stronger person my dad came from trailer trash that's what that's what people would say he's the only person in his family to have graduated high school while in high school, you know, I think my one uncle might have gotten a GED now, but he ended up going to college and he was the first person in his family tree to have gone to college. And he was highly encouraged that he was incredibly stupid and that that was a dumb thing for him to even think was possible. And he had people in his life who believed in him so much, they helped him find ways to pay for his education. And he worked jobs and put himself through. And now my dad has like two bachelors, two masters, and basically two doctorate degrees and (laughs) does multiple languages, you know? So it's like, he came from an, an entire surrounding of not good enough into proving that he was himself. And I think that that is instilled in me a lot of, you just don't know me yet. You know, whenever people say that you can't do this or this is impossible, watch me. Yeah. And I, I think that that's just something I was born and and raised with.
1: Let's take a second to thank our sponsors over at Element. You guys have heard me talk about them before, and that is because they're not only an amazing sponsor, but they have an incredible product. If you struggle with having the right electrolytes, whether you're working outside and you're sweating your ass off, you're an extreme athlete, same thing, you're dehydrated, or maybe you're on a low-carb, paleo, keto, whole food diet, sometimes you get that keto flu. It's a lot of times because your body has been excreting a lot of electrolytes at an increased rate, because while in a low-carb, ketogenic, or fasted state, you're dropping all of those electrolytes. And electrolytes make all the difference between feeling great and feeling like garbage when you're on a fast or on one of those programs. And so you got to recoup. You got to get that sodium back in your body. You got to get it all replaced. And you don't want to do it through all that crappy food that's out on the market, okay? Their formula for electrolytes is impressive. It's science-backed. It's a 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS, It's seriously the best product that you can get for replenishing those electrolytes. Element is actually used by the U.S. Olympics, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, special forces teams, tech leaders. They're actually the hydration partner to Team USA Weightlifting and many other Olympic athletes. Seriously, it's a cool product. When I had the guys building the fences at my house a few weeks ago, when they were sweating their butts off, I was giving them the drinks. There's a bunch of really fun flavors, flavors that are pretty simple you know, like um, watermelon salt. That's probably my favorite. But then there's also some other ones like chili mango and some fun flavors that are spicy. So, you know, do your thing. You can pick a flavor you like. You can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you could share it with a salty friend and they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. They've got a very low return rate and a high reorder rate, which means their product is awesome. You guys should check out this special offer they've got for you. They are a healthy alternative to those sugary electrolyte drinks. Each grab-and-go stick pack replaces essential electrolytes with no sugar, no coloring, none of those artificial ingredients, none of that other junk. I'm actually drinking it pretty consistently just to keep me going with my new health program I'm on. My favorite flavor absolutely is the watermelon salt. And as a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you. Claim your free Element sample pack. You only have to cover the cost of shipping. You can get yours at drinkelement.com slash teamneverquit. That's team slash teamneverquit. If you're wanting to get those electrolytes back up, you're wanting to stay hydrated, do that thing right. Use it with Drink Element dot com slash team never quit drink lmnt.com slash team never quit
3: that's incredible and it's so important too i mean anybody can be anything if they just work for it. And I think support system is a huge role. If you have just one person that believes in you that can push you, it's everything. It yeah. doesn't matter what you came from. It's what you've got so, inside.
0: So who, who was the hardest on you, your mom or your dad?
2: My mom, but for different, different reasons. And I guess not really like hard on me is, is hard, you know, cause I was always pretty soft. Like I was, uh, I was the the kind of kid that if you looked at disappointed, it would snap my soul in half, you know. So I I wasn't really a, a a troublemaker that needed a lot of discipline to to really get the point driven home. I was very aware, like overly aware of people. And I think that's lended me quite well, especially with my um circumstances now. I've always been very conscious of people and their emotions. And it's, it's something that I never really had to have driven into me, but my mom is, uh, she thinks differently and, um, yeah, she was, she would be the hardest one, but I mean, I'm so close with both of them and I love them both. And I, I appreciate my mom's transparency now. I didn't always uh, appreciate it when I was younger because it always felt rude, but that's the way my mom's brain works. And she doesn't have the ability to say things for me. She, she says what she's thinking and she doesn't have the ability to necessarily soften it. Um, that's just the way her head is.
0: I have a quick question for you. So you said you lost complete hearing at 18. Mm-hmm. Was there a turnoff were are you so Were you so well-trained, and and by the time you got to that, was it—what was that? Do you remember that? I'm sure you Yo, I'm sure No, no, I
2: remember it. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that'd be like, like that. I was like— I remember I it. I obviously it know mean, you remember No, no I— um, that, so that, I had when that planned I, out differently in my head. <laughs> do you remember that? I don't know. <laughs> no, how I don't, don't know. Weird. No, I couldn't um, hear it. No, I I think it actually started happening more my senior year of high school with all the surgeries. My body had a very adverse reaction to all the medication and the stress and the hormones of being 18. And so initially when I was first losing my hearing, I didn't hardly notice because I was at home by myself in a room by myself doing nothing, you know? So it's like, there's really not much for you to listen to. You're just kind of stuck in a CPM machine and just hanging out. (laughs) Um, But also I was so good at lip reading that some of those like casual conversations, you don't really realize how much you are adapting um, and how much you're relying on lip reading to support what you can or can't hear. And then when I went to school, it became very painfully obvious. And I was losing hearing in such large chunks, like 40 decibels a month um, that it was a situation where I had a journal, I had two journals, one of things I could still hear. And one of things that I couldn't hear anymore and a detail of what they sounded like.
0: So to try to remember.
2: And at some point, you know, like every morning you'd wake up and then you'd look at the list of things that you could hear. And then you have to cross one off and move it to the other book. So it was, it was a very painful, real process that lasted about, nine months. So it wasn't just like, I woke up one morning and I was just like, well, this is different. Um, it was nine months of being very aware of everything that was going away as it was going away. So it felt a little bit like, you know, like you were tearing off my fingernails in front of me. I was watching you do it and I knew which nail. (laughs)
0: So So I got a question when you, when you, Mm -hmm. when you're losing, when that's going away, see if I say this right, were you so focused on what you were losing? Was there anything else coming in that you were picking up something new, like a skill set that you have now as they took one away? Sometimes I think we can get so focused on what we're losing. You don't see what's just what's coming in on you. The new skill set you're going to have, because if you lost one, something else had to be heightened.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the time, not really. I mean, I was, I was kind of enveloped with having to figure out a world around me i don't i've never really thought that you necessarily just like gains gain a lot of different skills i think that you just work on them and so they improve you know my ability to feel and to understand the world around me by the vibrations and the touch and to be able to pay attention to that stuff is stuff that you having hearing can do you just don't because you don't have to um I think that that's skill sets that are developed, not necessarily just handed to you. And I actively participated in gaining those skills. You know, I, I was stuck in a world that I, I didn't have means of waking up in the morning with a, an alarm clock that I couldn't have to just rely on feeling, you know, I had to get a vibrating alarm clock and then feeling safe in my house, you know, because I couldn't actually hear the door close or being afraid that somebody was coming up behind me because I couldn't see them coming and I would never hear them coming or being afraid of dying in my apartment because my apartment caught on fire and I couldn't hear the alarm. You know, like there are so many things that I was actively trying to navigate through that at the time there was too much going on for me to even care that I was improving other skill sets that took me I had to I had to navigate the brokenness first before I could appreciate the blessings in it do you still have
3: those journals
2: I have uh chunks of them in different places I've got I've got one somewhere in the box over there um, there, the one that was the book that had all the sounds that I could hear when I finally crossed out everything on the list, I had a celebratory burning of it and, uh, danced around it with, uh, with a passion and, uh, had a full, had a full day. I don't think you're supposed to light things on fire inside of a dorm room. And I don't think anybody actually knew that I did it, but it was a wicked awesome experience. Sure you are. i told
0: you that was, that's not the truth. That's exactly.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't light things on fire, kids. I um, actually, but it was, I uh, do that. It was a, it was a moment, um, but I definitely have journals from when I was there.
0: I keep journals too, every day. And what is funny, you're like, you're not supposed to burn stuff. I remember when I, when I transitioned from being, uh, when I started SEAL training, everything mm-hmm. that I had taken in before that, we burned it. And all you mm-hmm. had was what was left. And it was kind of a, it was like, hey, that the the past is the past. We're in this right now. There's no looking back. I was like, everything that we had to go through was designed for a reason in the hardest way. And um, I look back on the the stuff that I had written down before, kind of with the hard times. and, and But looking back, how beneficial it was for me to, to, for something to be taken away. Or I had to go through this because it granted me this. And we say age is rank because you can't get ahead of it. You're stuck in it. Right, so as you go through each age, it, you can, you especially if you have siblings or close friends, you can learn something that they're older that they're going through, but we still have to go through it. You kind of have a, a, contemplation of what's going to happen, but the best part about life is that we get in there and and have to to, to go at it. And I, I was so amazed by the fact you say you feel the vibrations through your feet, right, when you play.
2: I feel it through everything. I use the floor and my feet to to keep in time rhythmically with the drums or the bass. But um, I kind of designate different body parts for different instruments um, at this point. But yeah.
0: And there's no, they don't run any sensors over to your feet or anything like that. It's just you standing there, right?
2: No, it, if, if they added more vibration to it, I think I might throw up. Like it's—it's cool. Right, it's so already you can feel that much.
0: so much <laughs> so. when that's going down. When when all that stuff's close to you and those vibrations are going off, you can feel that vibrating up. And that, that tells you... Yeah. I mean, mean, like I'm I'm the (laughs) first
2: person when we're sitting down at a restaurant to actually feel the beat of the song that's playing in the background that people can't hear because they're too focused on all the people talking, you know, but I can feel the pulsing of it on the, on the table of where we are in the restaurant. I'm like, this song's bouncy. And they're like, what song? Oh yeah, there is song playing, you know, like you, you just kind of get used to patterns, I think but maybe that's that partially you know i'm i'm partially on i'm on the spectrum a little so it's maybe i just pick up on on patterns too too easily i don't i don't know
0: so if you if you caught do you know what direction it's coming from too no okay
2: no, no not always i mean sometimes uh you'll like something'll drop on the floor and you can feel that it's on the floor that's what i'm talking about um, or you feel the vibration through the floor but actually, it was on a countertop somewhere. But it traveled through into the floor. So, really, you typically just tend to look at the the area of your body that felt the vibration, and then just kind of look around to see if you can figure out the source. Um, I have yet to become Yoda-like uh, to be able to say, "All right." That came from twelve paces to the left. But well, you never know. Maybe one day that would be that would be wicked. Well, I, awesome. I
0: mean, with, sitting there with your eyes closed when you play, and you can you can feel that. Can you feel somebody tapping their foot under the table? So you would know yes, that they were nervous.
2: That's just super annoying. Yeah. Right.
0: So you, if you're sitting around somewhere and there's underneath, everyone's at the table, you can feel that if someone's tapping their foot violently. That's that's nerves. Not that's, even
2: violently. They can be touching, like tapping it very gently at this point. Like, yeah. I mean. It, it's, it's a, it's an extreme sensitivity that I've developed. You know, I, I did it intentionally because I wanted to be able to understand the world around me very, you know, as colorfully as I could. Um, however, you know, like in my, in my office, in my room, just around the corner, I had like a, a hanging, a swinging chair so that my feet and my whole body get off of being on the floor, you know, just so that I can give myself breaks from having to feel things as much, you know, because I, I get so sensitive to it now. I, you just feel like you're in a washing machine. You're just like, geez, please just stop moving.
0: <laughs> so could you teach someone who still had their hearing to have that skill set? Or would they have to, would you have to take that from them?
2: No, everybody can do this. You know, like I started with balloons. You know, if you blow up a balloon and you hold a balloon on your fingertips and you have a stereo and you're playing music or even talking into it, you can feel yourself talking. You can feel the music amplified on your fingertips, holding onto this balloon, you'll feel it in an intense sort of way, and that you know building up your sensitivity on your fingertips is kind of like where you start and i I show kids how to do this and adults how to do this all the time, but you know it's just like anybody can buy a balloon. So what are you doing now? I'm working on an album, so I mean, I mean I'm doing a lot of different things um are Are you teaching? I do a lot of workshops. I I do a lot of speaking or keynote speeches. I perform a lot. I've been doing a lot of virtual concerts or making videos and posting them on my Patreon account, Um, hopefully when the world opens up a little bit. I can go back on the road and tour. I was touring a lot and, um, that would include visiting a lot of schools and doing concerts in the evening. But during the day, I'd actually visit a lot of schools and, and talk to, to kids, um, around the country and around the world about, um, embracing failure and about chasing your dreams and, and understanding that you can modify your dream and, um, just general encouragement. But in, in addition to that, you know, I'm working on writing. I wrote a children's book over quarantine. Um, I did, you know, lots of things. I, I like to do a lot of things and, um, I'm excited to see what kind of mischief I'm going to get into this year.
0: A children's book. You you need to write a book to, to go into the special forces. <laughs> and literally, that skill set that you have, because of what I learned how to do, is sitting there, laying there, watching, and how people react, and then the vibrations, and the, and to pick that up, people would yeah. can't even believe that.
2: Well, we said I could do a workshop for him. That's what I'm it's, talking about, like right. Every,
0: I mean, like the nitinoid stuff that you thought was just not important, like the balloon or what I had to do here. I mean, we, mm-hmm. like with guys like me, we like it when you break it down. Like it was simple. <laughs> I mean, make it just tell me if I had to have a balloon and then hold some foil and stick my other foot. I mean, you just tell me to do that, right? And it teaches us things that normally in our trade craft, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be gifted to have. Sure. That's a, that's, I mean, that's a real thing.
2: I'd start with a balloon though. You don't have to really do anything else. i
0: right, I'm gonna go out there. Hold and the balloon. You, you can
2: talk into it, have somebody else talk into it or play, a, play from the stereo and hold on to your fingertips. But past that, you know, like, all of this is a development through time. Sure, You know, it's, it's, I think people forget that it's been over a decade for me and over a decade of working 10 to 16, 18 hours a day, you know, it's a lot of time.
0: What was the culmination on all that was when you, when you went out and performed try for the first time? Um, I mean, the when you start when the, of the work, no, 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 no. Long when you when you try, sure, sure, absolutely. I'm talking about like when you were up there. I mean, no one has any idea how hard it was to go through that to sing that song up there to, to, to get that, but when you when you sing that song, it makes me want to try. I mean, you can like feel that. <laughs> Did
2: you see the part? You see the part though, when I start giggling, when yeah, people that's start my standing part. up and scream. So do you want to know why I giggled though? Please. Cause I, I didn't think it was cool. You know, I wasn't laughing. Cause I was like, look at them. They're cheering me on. In my mind, I was just like, you guys are ruining this for me because they're like making all this noise. It's shaking the stage, and I couldn't feel the band anymore. So I laughed because in my head I was like, "I just went rogue," you know. I was just like, "Ah, they'll follow that's me. Awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I'm burden it now." So
0: that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, we that's were what screaming. happened. It was I a mean, when you fear. do that, when you started laughing, we thought. I literally thought you could hear me. Oh, through my TV. Because I was like, oh, man. did you hear no, that?
2: No, I was giggling because I was just like, shut
3: up, <laughs> no, guys. You're perfect. making
0: this hard. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect.
3: We showed one of Marcus's friends yesterday. He was he had a friend visiting that is huge guy. I mean, big, burly firefighter. And um, he was asking who was going to be on the podcast today. And I we pulled it up on YouTube. And he just starts bawling. And he's like, don't show
2: me. <laughs> You believe that? Oh,
3: like everybody no. always
0: looks at us and be like yeah. you gotta listen to that hard, heavy stuff. And, and this, I was like, I do. Like yeah. if I have to go fight or whatever, I'll listen to that. But if I'm just sitting there trying to relax and something, that's what we listen to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah.
3: What happened? So after you were on that show, did things <laughs> blow up for you?
2: Yeah, I mean it, got, it was weird. Like I mean I'd never really seen the show before, so I didn't know what a golden buzzer was or what that meant. Um, and you have to understand that this was filmed like the, the auditions is one of the parts that's filmed and it's not live. So I filmed the first day of filming that was back in April and my episode actually aired as the second episode, even though it was the first day of filming, um, in June D day, June 6th. And, um, I had two months to hold a secret of something. I had no idea what it meant. And then when it happened, when D-Day happened, um, you know, even if you get a golden buzzer, it doesn't necessarily go viral that way. Like That video has been seen collectively over 500 million times. And it was a part of a lot of different movements and a lot of change. You know, there were so many ASL programs that started and uh, schools accepting sign language as a foreign language. There was a massive vote in Brazil to allow people with disabilities to be a part of the mainstream school system. That was already in the works, but because of the timing of it, I got to be peppered. My little picture with me and my ukulele was peppered all over Brazil, and I was one more example of a person who was different being successful, and it passed, So, you know, like we, we got to be a part of something bigger than just being on a TV show. And even on that TV show, I brought closed captions to the green room for the first time. There's a video before the song released me, which is the longest period of silence on network television history. And it's not negative. We brought sign language with music for the first time my interpreter was shown front and center because there's nothing wrong with needing help or having to have tools to be successful. You know, like if, if there was a drop in the bucket of success, I would say that was a massive one. And afterwards I've been doing everything that I could just to continue just to be an encouragement. And so I don't know what that looks like for other people as far as like, I haven't won a Grammy yet, but you know, my version of success is, did I make somebody smile this morning? Did I help them see value in themselves? Because that's what I'm aiming for on a daily basis.
3: We made us smile. We love your song. And thank you. I mean, (laughs) mean, it's so funny how everyone that we share it with
0: when you, when it's where you brought up. Because mm-hmm. in our world, we learn sign language so we can be quiet. It's a special skill set. It's part of being special forces. All of our signals and codes and everything. And then some, some people, it's, it's all how you, it is a foreign language, but it is a special language. And when people who speak it, and when you have that, it's, it's kind of funny because some of us work so hard just to get that into that, that ability. And that's that funny? Granted, with everything else, but we hurt, we, in our community, we work so hard to get into the ability where we, we don't use our voice. We're quiet. you know, you li- all that. It's like I started hearing more when you start listening to other people talk and they they teach you so much because there's a difference between sitting and waiting to talk and sitting to wait and listening. So, you know, when someone has the voice, when they're, when the confidence that had to come with, with everything that you got, I I couldn't even, that was something literally. Mm -hmm. I mean, I coming from what I do on, on our side, I I just, I'm thoroughly, I was just thoroughly impressed.
2: Well, thank
0: you. You're welcome. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) But I, know. I also work very, very hard
2: and I have tools, you know, like even this whole conversation, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got captions on my side helping me out here, you know, so it's just like you, you, you do what you got to do to be successful. And sometimes that means you got to be innovative.
0: So I, I I was wondering that because I have a, a Texas accent and it gets worse as I get more excited. So I bet some oh of that stuff coming across that screen, like, I, I don't even know what they're saying, just but the I, we would have never known I was
3: wondering if um, some oh, yeah. of Marcus's words were coming out wrong because his accent
2: is so
0: thick. I think it's pretty bad
2: <laughs> it it's doing pretty well. I mean like when you were starting to talk about knives and sharpening stuff, it got really kind of muddled, but um, I knew the general <laughs> idea.
3: It's muddled over here too.
2: (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. It'll make sense to somebody. Probably just me and one other dude, but they probably needed to hear it. All right. That's when you when you start. I feel like that's a skill
2: set in itself. (laughs) It is. Like you read captions all day long, and every time it does certain things wrong, but you know what it's supposed to be because you see it wrong all the time. You're just like, oh yeah, it's this word. You know, it failed on that one again. You know.
0: I don't know if a lot of people pay attention when we watch the news. I, I read a lot on the bottom.
2: You got to be careful with the ones because the news is live. And so sometimes like really, 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 really late at night or really, 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 really early in the morning, if you get like a captioner who's quitting, they'll talk to you. Really? It's the creepiest thing. I've seen it twice in my life, though. I've seen it twice. And I watch captions every day. But like three o'clock in the morning, there was one day I was watching a show and the captioner was like, hey, hey, you, I see you. (laughs) And I was like, isn't that funny? That's awesome. And they're just like... Just kidding, captioner, blah, blah, blah. Signing off. Peace. And I was just Damn. like, okay, what the heck was <laughs> <That's>
0: that? <awesome. laughs> it's that little tension And I started doing that because I was reading one caption and there was a word that was the the sentence was perfect, but the word in there, if you had read the sentence, it would it meant something completely different. Yeah. And I, I was like, wonder if that how often that happens? So I started paying attention. And then you, you know you can see that cool stuff. Um that's spice of life right there, man. Just those little uh little nuggets nuggets yeah that show up
2: yeah i like watching movies with captions on it though because it always gives you information that you can't audibly hear anyway so like sometimes if like you're watching like a thriller and the person's on the phone they're like yes Uh uh-huh like you can't actually hear what's on the phone but half the time it's captioned because it's scripted somewhere and so you get this information that you can't audibly hear or footsteps ascending down hallway and you're like before you can actually hear the footsteps because the sound hasn't actually kicked in yet for people who can hear however i will say after losing my hearing one of the things that really did disappear is the fear factor when it came to like scary movies because a lot of the fear is in the sound boy but i watched the ring i have never laughed so hard in my life Oh, my gosh. That thing, okay. I can't watch well, there, them. An absolute, this, I was
1: dying.
0: Okay, there's an absolute reason. We'll, we'll wind this up, but there's an absolute reason you said that to me. <laughs> I, and I was wondering this. So I was, I was watching one of the Avenger movies, mm. or one, of the, one of the X-Men movies. If, you, yeah. if you're watching it, because I, I didn't have the sound on, and I was just kind of watching it play out, and it was completely different because I knew the lines from the movie i'd seen it so many times I, I knew the lines but when i was watching it without the sound and watching what was going down it didn't match up at all and that so that happens right that's you can pick that up
2: yeah i well i mean like it's more I guess I don't know what it, if the it ring would be was any a comedy, other way.
0: Well, yeah, if The Ring is a comedy, because I was listening to it. Oh, it's hilarious. Them. See, that's my point. Yeah, like
2: some of that stuff is just a transfer. Well, you know, <laughs> without like the sound, like there's one Guardians of the Galaxy has so much music in it and so much like ties to the mood connected with the music that's playing in the background.
0: Yes, that's the best it's way to It's not there.
2: It. it just says groove, you know, and just like, all right. <laughs> But he's, like, <laughs> dancing to nothing, and so you're just like,
0: all right. Cool, cool dude. That's what I'm talking about. That, yeah. Get on
2: with your bad self. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Get some.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: How can our uh, fans support you and what you have going on?
2: Aww. Um, Well, I just have a new single come out called Masterpiece, so if they want to help support me, they can always uh, take a listen or, or purchase it from wherever you purchase your music from. Uh, You can also find my music and find merch or what I'm up to on mandyharveymusic.com or follow me on my social medias, which is generally just Mandy Harvey or Mandy Harvey Music.
1: And do you want to plug your Patreon account?
2: Yeah, why not? Um, I have a Patreon account. Every Friday, I post a mini concert that's captioned and my thoughts of the day. And I did it because... There were so many concerts and things that were coming out, but there was no accessibility for those who needed the captions. So I actually take the time and I personally caption the videos myself. So that even though it's just me, I do a lot of covers by request or music that I've written. Um, It's painstakingly captioned just for you.
3: Oh, I love it. That's so awesome. (laughs) Thank you for telling your story and for coming on here. Um, I know that our listeners will just love your attitude on life and your outlook and and we love it and you inspire us
0: i got yeah i mean i've had the best time i thank you so much
2: you're very very welcome happy to be here hopefully we get to do this again
0: absolutely absolutely thank, thank you. you
2: have a good one have a great day bye guys yeah.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the awesome Team Never Quit podcast. We're super excited that you come back every single week to support us. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you get your podcasts. We've got some brand new gear in the store, shop.teamneverquit. We've got some sweet new leather patch hats that are incredible. You guys should certainly check those out. And... Make sure you're following us on Patreon. That's where we get exclusive access to the show. We've got bonus content. We do some live streaming. We've got some sweet merchandise that's only for our Patreon members. If you want to join that community, it's patreon.com slash teamneverquit. And really just a big shout out to our Patreons. You guys are who allow us to put this show on every single week. Your support means the world to us. Hey, we love you guys. We'll see you next week.